welcome to another episode of You Press Play News. My name is Jillian. I'm the editor-in-chief. My name is Richard. I'm the sports editor. I'm Michael. I'm the social media manager. There have been no reported COVID-19 cases on any FAU campuses this past week. The university administration sent out an email on the 28th encouraging students and the rest of the FAU community to get vaccinated in order to proceed with a normal semester. Though the campus remained case-free this past week, Florida has seen a tremendous surge in cases as the Delta variant spreads throughout the state and the country. Florida has seen an average of 14,209 new cases every day. One day, that total reached nearly 22,000. That's a 153% increase from the previous two-week average, and an average of 47.1 people died every day as a result of the coronavirus. The state is currently 49% fully vaccinated, still well below the number needed for herd immunity. Palm Beach County averaged 569 new cases per day this week, a 188% increase from the previous two-week average. Currently, 50% of the county population is fully vaccinated. The number necessary for herd immunity is, is projected to be between at least 70 and 80%. Extreme cases in young, unvaccinated people have increased. The Sun Sentinel published a story about a 15-year-old, Paulina Velasquez of Broward County. The young girl wore her mask, but before she was able to get vaccinated, she became sick with COVID-19. As a result of the virus, she was put on a ventilator and has been in a medically induced coma. The Sun Sentinel noted that during the first week of July, teens were the age group with the highest infection rate. This week, the CDC announced its new guidelines, considering the surge in cases with the Delta variant. It now recommends that fully vaccinated individuals begin wearing masks again while in indoor public places, particularly in areas with high transmission levels. Palm Beach County is reinstating the mask mandate for public-owned buildings and transportation, as did Miami-Dade County. For written weekly COVID-19 updates, please visit upressonline.com. On Friday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis issued an executive order making mask wearing optional in Florida's public schools. The CDC had earlier recommended that all teachers and students wear face coverings indoors, even if they are vaccinated. Quote, the federal government has no right to tell parents that in order for their kids to attend school in person, they must be forced to wear a mask all day, every day, DeSantis said in a statement. Many Florida school children have suffered under forced masking policies, and it's prudent to protect the ability of parents to make decisions regarding the wearing of masks by their children, DeSantis said. DeSantis' office issued the executive order in response to some school districts pondering mask mandates for the 2021-22 school year. In Florida, there will be no lockdowns, there will be no school closures, there will be no restrictions and no mandates in the state of Florida, DeSantis said. The order overrules requirements by Broward and Gadsden counties that students wear masks when they return to school in August. 39,000 Floridians have died from COVID-19 infection so far, according to data from the New York Times. Also on Friday, President Joe Biden said that the United States will in all likelihood see more restrictions to combat the rising number of coronavirus infections in the United States. The new surge in cases is likely related to the highly contagious Delta variant that is circulating throughout the United States currently. Asked Friday if the U.S. was headed for another lockdown, White House Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre pointed to the availability of free vaccines and told reporters that the way we see this is that we have the tools in our belt to fight this variant. She also added that we are not going to head towards a lockdown. On Thursday, Biden announced new measures to help fight the coronavirus surge, most notably requiring federal employees to attest to being vaccinated or face severe protocols. The protocols include mask wearing, social distancing, regular testing, and travel restrictions. 
In addition to the federal guidelines, the administration announced new incentives for people to get vaccinated, such as expanded paid leave for workers who take time off to get vaccinated. Biden urged states to do more, such, such as offering $100 to people that receive vaccinations and for schools to host pop-up clinics in the coming weeks. If you are unvaccinated, you present a problem to yourself, to your family, and to those with whom you work, Biden said. At a recent Palm Beach County School Board meeting, a black man was discussing the effects of Jim Crow laws. A recording of the meeting revealed that a group of men wearing Proud Boy t-shirts, a far-right white supremacist group, were making racist gestures behind the man's back. People spoke out online about their disappointment in the school board and how that nothing was done to prevent the men from coming in. Members of the board responded stating that they cannot refuse people entrance to the meetings regardless of the clothes that they are wearing and the slogan or symbols they bear. One member noted the exception to that might be if an individual tried to enter with a KKK robe or hood. To address the issue, the board announced that audience members will no longer be seated behind speaker podiums and will therefore no longer be visible on the video recordings. The eviction moratorium expired on July 31st after the Biden administration announced on the 29th it will let the moratorium end, arguing that the U.S. Supreme Court signaled that the moratorium will only be extended to the end of the month. The Associated Press detailed on July 30th. President Joe Biden said he would have liked to extend the national moratorium due to the spread of the COVID-19 Delta variant, but he instead called on Congress to extend the eviction moratorium to protect such vulnerable renters and their families without delay. According to the Department of Housing and Urban Development, 6.4 million households were behind on rent by the end of March. A survey done by the U.S. Census Bureau showed that roughly 3.4 million people faced evictions as of July 5th. During negotiations to extend the moratorium, Congress adjourned for its August recess, which lasts for six weeks with no legislation involving extension approved. ABC News reported on July 31st. Diane Yentel, Executive Director of the National Low Income Housing Coalition, said that, quote, the confluence of the surging Delta variant with 6.5 million families behind on rent and at risk of eviction when the moratorium expires demands immediate action. On Tuesday, during the first hearing for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's Select Committee, four police officers offered testimony about their experiences during the January 6th insurrection at the United States Capitol building. Capitol officers told the committee they endured physical and verbal assault by the pro-Trump mob. Some GOP politicians have downplayed the insurrection and the violence that occurred that day. Michael Fanon, a DC police officer, rebuked those politicians testifying, quote, what makes this struggle harder and more painful is to know that so many of my fellow citizens, including so many of the people I put my life at risk to defend, are downplaying or outright denying what happened. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room, but too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference that has been shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Fanon was beaten unconscious during the attack and suffered a heart attack. He said the mob only relented when he begged for his life and told them that he had children at home. Another officer, Capitol Police Sergeant Aquilino Gonell, wiped away tears during his testimony and said, on January 6th, for the first time, I was more afraid to work at the Capitol than my entire deployment to Iraq. Gonell also said he believed he was going to die defending the entrance to the building and the pro-Trump rioters called him a traitor during the attack. Harry Dunn, another Capitol Police officer, testified that he had been called racial slurs multiple times that day, the first time he had ever heard such disrespectful language used against him while he was in uniform. DC Police Officer Daniel Hodges testified that a mob crushed him between a door and sneered at him while he cried in pain. 
Every officer in one way or another expressed feeling betrayed by Republicans who downplayed the events of the day. Lawmakers also grew emotional as clips of the violence was played during the hearing. Illinois Representative Adam Kinzinger, one of two Republicans on the committee, shed tears during the hearing. After the hearing, Chairman Benny Thompson, a Democrat from Mississippi, said the probe could move forward urgently with subpoenas coming, quote, soon. The investigation is expected to examine not only Trump's role in the insurrection, but also the groups involved, including white supremacist groups. People took to the streets in over 50 cities this past week, organizing the March for Medicare for All, demanding the U.S. government to replace the largely private for-profit system with a public universal health care system. Common Dreams reported on July 25th. Some groups from the coalition of over 100 that took part in the marches involved Mainers for Accountable Leadership, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Sunrise Movement Seattle to various arms of Democratic Socialists of America, Physicians for a National Health Program, and Our Revolution. According to the coalition's website, the movement was founded from a place of compassion and love and that they came together out of frustration with the lack of action from the powers that be. It continued to say that, quote, all of us know healthcare is a right, not a privilege. It is, is a basic freedom. How can we have life and the pursuit of happiness when we live in constant fear of illness, bankruptcy, or homelessness because of the outrageous for-profit healthcare system? Medicare for All, introduced to the House back in March, has yet to be brought up for a vote despite 55% of Americans supporting the legislation, thanks to a poll done in March by Morning Consult slash Politico. The coalition's demands toward the U.S. government are clear. Pass Medicare for All immediately, recognize healthcare as a human right, and prioritize healthcare first in the federal budget. If those demands aren't met by August 6, the coalition will, quote, file a human rights violation complaint with the United Nations. All right, everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of You Press Play News. Tune in next week for more news and more information. Thank you.